is Christine Conti, and you are listening to best-selling author of Split Second Courage. What if your fears were the key to your dreams? That's right, everyone. Available on Amazon right now as an ebook or paperback. Grab your copy today and unleash your inner superhero. What is holding you back from living the life you truly deserve? It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. How you doing, Brian? I'm good. That was a lot of fun, Christine. Thank you for bringing me into your childhood and your your past life mm-hmm. and introducing me to your childhood friends and who also happen to be awesome freelance writers and all of it writing on running and yeah doing all the things yes so this is such a treat i'm going to selfishly say it, it was wonderful to reconnect again with with a, a childhood i guess teammate and someone that um, her family and my family spent many, many, many years and weekends together, traveling all over the country, playing volleyball together, actually. We were in the same club, but reconnected many years later as runners, as you're going to hear about Chrissy Haran today and her journey from changing careers and working with charities uh, specifically, we connected with the Alzheimer's Association and running Boston and what running has done in her life and now it, writing for such publications as the Runner's World right. magazine, right. among others. Um, she is just an amazing person. And I was so excited to just be able to sit down and share her experiences with all of you. It was it was really good. It was good to, uh, you know, to, just to hear a little bit about what goes into her writing and how she got started with it and and everything and and uh, you know just also have a little side discussion about something that we all love on this show so much, which is the Boston Marathon, and we all have some fond memories of it. But you know, it's it's uh, it, it it's about running as a lifestyle and running and 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 the community and you know everything that we you know really really love about it um you know if i never had to run another race or another boston again uh in in my life i'd i'd be okay as long as i could run and you know had that community and and everything around it and uh you know chrissy does a great job of of telling the stories and in getting it out there and getting it out there in a way that you know is also informative and helpful uh on a healthy level you know a health health level and a health maintenance level and uh, developing good health level and all of that, uh, and you know, it's just really neat. And that was a good catch up uh, for Christine. I know it was uh, it was it was really fun uh, for her, and I could see that. And uh, just my glad. dad loved Chrissy. Yeah, like oh, she's so nice. I remember I was a little bit younger than Chrissy in the same club, and she's the type of person that was like, oh, I'll I'll help and go with and partner up with Christine. She was always better than me because she was older. That was just the way it was. But she's someone that is so super caring and patient and i mean if you get a chance go to chrissy c-h-r-i-s-s-y haran h-o-r-a-n.com you can read all of her articles and everything she's written just definitely worth a uh worth a worth a read absolutely and uh before you do that though why don't you give a listen to this episode here and uh party down and uh, catch up with an old friend here for Christine and a uh, new friend for me. And very excited to have this one for you here. So enjoy, everybody. Yet another fantastic episode of the Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone podcast. 
And I'm really excited about today's guest, Brian. Me too. Me too. Because, Brian, you have had a lot, not a lot, but you've brought on some people that were from your hometown. Right. That you knew from way back in the day. And, you know, you have these stories and this and that. And, and, I really haven't had that chance in almost 300 episodes. So today, I was like, this is so cool. We get to talk to Chrissy Haran from back in the day. Chrissy, how are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Of course. Excited. I I have to say, so this this is what's really cool, is that... My dad loved Chrissy. Oh, all loved right. Chrissy. All right. I always remember that, you know, it's like, oh, let's go watch Chrissy play and her sister. We got to go. You know, it's like, it's one of those things where you have this great nostalgia when you hear the name Chrissy Haran okay. that you think of like, oh, good times, the good volleyball. Old days. You know, our, our parents were good friends and traveled together and. I always remember they were out to breakfast at like Perkins while we were like, you know, blood, sweat and tears on the volleyball courts. Um, but always such a, always such good, good memories makes you feel good. You know, totally. it was mutual, Christine. Totally. <laughs> so back in the day for all the listeners, um, Christy and I had former lives, right? We were um, former, you know, collegiate volleyball players and, also share a lot of probably mental trauma from some of the trainings that we have been through in our lives. <laughs> many, um, many of the times of the coaches yelling and screaming at us and us just being like, all right, okay, either I can cry or I'm just going to, just going to take it and build our characters. Um, so that was, you know, that was kind of our past and, and um, moving forward, What's crazy is that I think people cross your paths again for some reason, and we've talked a lot about, you know, running and endurance athletes on this show, and just so happens we reconnected years ago because who were you working with up in Boston? Well, I was volunteering with the Alzheimer's Association um, for... Uh, gosh, I think it was probably over 10 years or so I, I volunteered with them. And as part of that volunteering, um, ran the Boston marathon and fundraised to run the Boston marathon, um, for their organization, um, to raise money for their various purposes, research programming, um, and all sorts of things like that. And so, um, through that, um, experience and at that time when, uh, I forget, was it 2015, 2014? Was that the first one that you ran um, for the organization as well? I, it was one of those. It was, well, it was definitely after, after the bombing. So that, that was bombing was 13, Mm -hmm. then 14, 15. It was raining. If that helps you any. Right. (laughs) I don't remember. I know it was 14 or 15. I must, it must've been 14, Christine. I think that was the year, the big year. I mean, so many people ran, they had, they had allowed extra runners and, um, it was a beautiful sunny day and, and Meb um, and Meb won. That's That's when we met. Okay. No, 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 no. no. That was the year. That was was, uh, in person. I think that was two years after Conti. You know that Brian and I live a mile apart, but we met like for the first time face to face in Boston on the, the Charles river, the a little shakeout run. It's a great place for a shakeout <laughs> and great place to meet your neighbor from New Jersey. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Totally normal. Oh my gosh. So take us through first off you. And I think this is such a good, good story for many of us that are like, okay, we've never been running. We were, we were in different sports and somehow fell into this, running world and uh which takes us into some of the stuff you do with freelance writing um so now it was just bizarre we kind of i decided to start running which um i don't know if you felt the same way but the only time i really ran when i was younger was when we got in trouble it was like yeah you're not playing well run literally drop everything and run and you're not going to stop until we tell you which could be five minutes or 20 
depending. Um, how did you get into now running and loving it, by the way? Um, so oddly, um, it was the Charles River. Um, so when I moved to Boston, it was for grad school. Um, when I started grad school, it was the first time I wasn't part of an organized sports team through high school, college, and I was feeling um, a little lost and not sure how to, um, I guess, where to use that physical energy. And so uh, I lived in Cambridge about a half a mile from the path on the Memorial Drive side of the Charles River. And um, I don't know, we had been in our apartment for a few weeks and my roommate said, why don't you go for a run. Like, you know, if you just go up the street, like you're basically going to run into the Charles river. And so that was my first, I literally moved to Boston the day before we moved into our apartment. And um, so just discovering our neighborhood and the area around us. And I started running and I learned the Charles river is um, connected by a series of bridges. And so my personality um, to sort of one up myself was, well, what if I run to the next bridge? And then a few weeks later, it was, can I make it to the next bridge and around? And the next, I think I had run three miles ever in my life before moving to Boston. (laughs) And then all of a sudden there are these various loops around the Charles and I was running, you know, 5.7, if you go to the BU bridge or, you know, it's (laughs) 7.1, if you go down to, um, closer to Harvard and, um, and all of a sudden it became this kind of game. Um, and at the same time I was, uh, in grad school for public health, I was interning at the department of public health and I had this wonderful mentor, um, who, uh, was, and, and the division I was working in was, um, focused on physical activity, um, and nutrition and, um, the woman I was working for was also very much into physical activity herself. And she said, you know, there's this new half marathon starting in Boston. Um, you should try, like, you know, we, we, would, I would talk about the runs along the Charles and, and whatever. And so it was the first um, inaugural BAA half marathon um, that was running in, I think it was fall of 20, uh, 2001. And I had been running then for close to a year at that point. And so I was like, oh, well, sure. I think I can do 13. Like I had done up to 11 or something on the Charles and, you know, and then it slowly just became this game of like, well, if you do this much, what if you did like one more and what if you did one more? And, <laughs> um, and so then it was just kind of inching up and, um, and trying to see kind of what I could accomplish. So started with that half marathon. And then, um, I, I did find a way to kind of loop volleyball back in. Um, I started playing in some, you know, recreational leagues and on some women's teams and, Um, and that was still fun for a long time, but then, um, I also started running a little bit more and and the two don't quite go together, like running long distance and like explosive power and jumping (laughs) were really hard to do all together. So I started leaning towards running and a little less volleyball and the, the, the scale tipped a little bit that way. Um, I did my first marathon, um, in Philadelphia, and then learned about the charity program at Boston. I wasn't fast enough to qualify, but I, um, I did learn about the charity program and thought that was a great way sort of to both give back to the community and also, you know, run this race that um, was basically in my hometown now. So that started a, a long string of um, marathons in Boston and a few others um, that came after that. And it's just been running from there. I'll never forget. I think it was, you know, my my parents, you know, our parents would talk every once in a while and, you know, they'd be like, you know, Chrissy's doing a lot of running. She looks great. Look at Chrissy. And I'm like, like, this was way pre before me ever running. And I'm like, wow, that's, oh, (laughs) like, oh, good for her. Oh, and what's, what's hysterical is that, you know, both of us were like, let me just say, like, we were like much sturdier, I guess I would say when we were playing volleyball and training in that respect. And do you ever try and jump sturdier? We were, we were very sturdy because <laughs> you're like, right. you pick things up, you put things down. Like the, it was like, we did CrossFit for like, that was what it was when we trained. Yeah. It's aggressive um, and strength yeah, and explosive. And, of, and I get what you're saying about right. not being able to leap and bound it's, while you're distance running. Right. Have you, have you tried like how many times have you tried to emulate like your vertical jump from when you were younger? 
It's not worth it. It's, it's just that. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> it's not worth it. It's so embarrassing <laughs> on so many levels. Like I'm like, and you think you're in shape to jump and I'm like, wow. Okay. Mm, all right. Maybe I'm like seven. Are different muscles. Totally different. Totally different. Which is, you know, which is why I think it's, you know, there's a place for everything, everything you're training for in life. Um, but I just, I always, I love that of the, did you know Chrissy's running a whole bunch now? I'm like, that's great for Chrissy. I'm like, I will never do that. Oh, and here I come. Here I come. Yeah. Just, never I'm just behind you at some point. So yeah. take us through, obviously it's never too late to, I love the fact that you're like, all right, the next bridge, the next there's so, so many bridges and yes. they don't always have to be bridges, right? I was thinking that it might right. be the tree, it might be the block, it might be that that, you know, street light or whatever it is. Uh, you know, there's always like that thing that happened to be your bridge. Yeah, absolutely. For me it was that was just what sparked it. I mean, the surprise in your dad's voice that, you know, I was running was not uncommon to anybody else who was <laughs> who was following along as well. And, um, you know, I, I was the kid who cried the night before the the mile at gym class in <laughs> elementary school. So, you know, those, those people who remembered that were also, uh, quite surprised to learn that I was voluntarily, you know, choosing to run 13 miles at a time, 26 miles at a time. So when was the yeah. first Boston then? So you did the, you did the 13 and now take us forward to the next step. Yeah. Um, so I ran the Philadelphia marathon was my first marathon in 2002. And then, um, then that was a fall marathon. And then in 2003, I learned about the, um, charity program at Boston. And so I applied for Boston 2004. So, um, I ran for, um, uh, it's called the Bay state games. It's kind of like the empire state games in New York. Um, you know, the kind of the statewide, um, physical activity promotion among, um, youth. And, um, at the time when I was working in, in that field and in public health, that was sort of a mission I, I could get behind. And I thought that was a great charity to run for. Um, so I, um, ran for them in 2004. Um, I believe that was like, I don't know, the third hottest or it, one of the hottest years. It wasn't the hottest. It wasn't, um, I won't, I won't assume I ran that one, but, um, uh, it was, it was warm and I was clueless and I had no idea that, um, I should have been more nervous than I was lining up that day. Um, (laughs) I did, I, I had salt rings everywhere. Sometimes that works out for you though. You know, the cluelessness at times. It was a blessing for sure. (laughs) Um, you know, a few years later, and I think I would have been panicking getting to the start line when the temperature was, you know, already 80 degrees. And that was when they ran Boston at noon. Um, yes. The start was started at noon up until I think it was 2007 or eight, maybe. Um, and so um, it was hot and, um, and I just chugged along and, and, you know, did my thing, but um, uh, didn't seem to phase me because I did it again the next year and next year and next year. Um, yeah. And then it just became a thing. I, I, um, I both really enjoyed the race. I loved, I, I moved from the Bay state games to the Alzheimer's association. Um, I had a, my grandfather passed away from Alzheimer's and it felt like a real personal way to kind of give back to, um, that, uh, to help fight that disease in a way that, um, since a lot of us can't do anything to fight that disease other than sort of watch it happen. Um, and yeah, and then being part of that community and part of the Boston running community, um, the Boston Marathon just became sort of a part of my life. And I've run or volunteered or the last couple of years just spectated and I guess um, been involved sort of through the writing component. Um, but in some way, it's like one of my favorite days of the year. It, ever is, since, so. it is absolutely one of the best days of the year. I mean, is there anything better than Boston? Oh, I, I, I cannot think of anything. I, I mean, can't it either. literally is the whole weekend is so much fun. Um, I wouldn't miss being out there for anything, um, except literally a monsoon. And that was the only year I was not out, um, either on or near the course, um, was in 2018. But other than that, I, uh, noted, I, noted. I, <laughs> I, I stayed yeah. home that year too. I stayed home that year too. And, uh, and I, I watched, should have stayed home. That I watched year. that one underneath <laughs> a blanket in my house. Like right. just say, uh, yeah, I'm going to tune in. And, uh, it was, terrible. It, it was a beauty. Well, Let what me- I think is important before we get into the whole writing and the everything else is that there's so many people that 
even listen to our show from around the world and they're like, we could never run. And that's just a different physical. Or I'm not a real runner. Yeah, I'm not a, I still don't consider myself a runner. I'm just an athlete who happens to run sometimes. And who's featured in runner's world oh, stop, for running. Stop. So <laughs> the, what I think is interesting is the whole idea. And I would love for you to tell people about this is when you run for a charity that it's different. It's not like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to throw my name in and I have no support. What do you think is so amazing about running for a charity? Um, so I, I, I mean, I've had such a positive experience and I think it, um, it certainly is, uh, something that is, um, maybe controversial. Um, people have, you know, they're, opinions about whether or not charity runners are uh, and should be a part of the Boston Marathon. Um, I think one thing I would say for sure is that being part of it, I think it's hard to, it's hard to have some of those opinions. I think if you have been part of um, some of the really wonderful and established charity programs that are part of the Boston Marathon um, every year. Um, you know, I think a good number of them, um, if not all of them, I certainly don't know exactly, but certainly a lot of them, um, you know, really, um, are honored to be part of the program and, um, value the contributions that the runners bring to their organization. And in return, give them this wonderful opportunity to be part of something that maybe they wouldn't ever be able to be a part of, um, without, the support of, of the charity behind them. And so, um, you know, in the, um, fundraising is a big commitment and it's certainly a whole other level of work on top of what is already a, a pretty big task training for a marathon. Um, but the organizations support the, their runners in both ways, um, both through the physical aspect of training for the race and also the, um, fundraising aspect because, uh, not everybody, has had the experience of raising $10,000 before and, um, and how to do that. And while maybe there's a few who could write a check, um, I think a good number of the people who do this. And I think what the charities hope for is they, um, reach out and get a whole bunch of small donations because that in return is, um, also promoting the message and spreading the message of the organization that they're supporting as well to a whole lot more people when, um, you're getting more of those small individual donations as well. Um, so I, you know, in my experience, the support has been um, on both sides and um, learning how to fundraise, giving ideas, um, having, you know, um, sort of networks within the team that um, people can share ideas or um, collaborate on events or um, ways to um, bring people together to raise money for their, their cause. Um, and then on the physical side, having uh, a coach, uh, a training plan, um, a lot of times we always had group runs um, on the weekends. We also had sort of informal group runs during the week. We would get together and do, um, you know, midweek tempo runs. And, um, you know, I think uh, there's value to training uh, by yourself, but also um, having other people or just knowing you're accountable to show up on a day where you're tired after work or, um to go to bed early on Friday night because you know that people are going to be waiting for you on Saturday morning before you start a long run, you know, all those things help, especially if you are new to, um, uh, training for a marathon like that, to have some of that in place so that, um, you're not sort of winging it on your own and, and, you know, don't, don't cut your run short, don't start too late and, you know, don't have time to finish, um, what you're supposed to do or, different things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think the charity program has been wonderful. Um, all of the runners I know who have been part of it have had, um, really positive experiences. And I think, um, I, the charities, um, really appreciate the, um, funds that are raised because it really helps in a lot of them, either a significant part of their budget or an important part of their budget, um, to do a lot of the meaningful work that they are doing on a regular basis. 
Here, here. Anyone that says that the charity runners shouldn't be a part of the Boston oh, Marathon can get the man. hell out of here with that, all right? Look, there's enough road, there's enough waves, there's enough, you know, corrals to, to let this thing happen and you elitists up front, you know, which, uh, you know, we all strive to be that they can pretend like they're hot shit when they go back to their day job after the race is over, right? Let's remember, we're all out here just doing it for our own simple reasons and uh sometimes it's to help other people right why not use a big race like that to uh to to uh you know as a as a uh a, a mechanism to get more people there and to raise more money and to maybe holy shit like actually help people with alzheimer's or whatever it may be like you know maybe we get something done just by running and moving our feet i'm a big fan of the charity runners i've never run boston for charity because i've always qualified Right. But but like me, but, even. But that, that doesn't mean that I don't feel that, you know, those people are worthy. They put the time in. They had the camaraderie, all that stuff. I, I, I that makes me nuts when I hear stuff like that. Freaking. I didn't elitist. know that was a big, a huge thing. Like, it's mm, not what check out the message boards. You really? Yeah, there's a, there's always some back and forth about that. There's always some strong opinions on, you know, because there's always a limit of people, especially since they started, um, you know, since the qualify the standard, the Boston qualifying standard oftentimes is slower than what the cutoff is right. for the race. And, you know, thousands of people are denied and it's oftentimes, you know, a question of whether those thousand people, thousands of people would get in if there wasn't so many charity runners running. They need to and... run faster then. That's the problem. That's their <laughs> own fault. It's not the charities. It's just because little Sally didn't run fast enough to make it in. I know. There it is. It's hard. Look, it's hard to accommodate everybody, right? Don't we know that? I have a family of five. It's hard to accommodate everybody, right? <laughs> it's like you can't, you just can't do it all the time. And sometimes people get left out, and, and I understand. We you have know. to give, we have to also mention, though, for people out there, like myself, being that I've been qualifying, there's something different. And I, I always say this to people, and it's hard to explain that it's one thing to go out and run a marathon. It's another thing to be a part of something bigger than you. And there's, I think there was one year that I didn't run, you know, and again, I'm not taking a charity spot from the Alzheimer's Association, but I'm saying, listen, I want to be a part of this. I want to raise some money. I want to raise some awareness and just be a part of something bigger and when you're out on that course and you're like wow this I, I there's going to be parts where you're feeling like I just want to sit down and or I'm good I'm good I'm I think I'm going to tap out now you need that and I know that when I run Boston at mile 16 that I see the Alzheimer's Association in their purple with the cowbells. And, you know, I saw you oh, this year. Where did I see you? What mile was that? I was right about 30K this year. Okay. All right. I found a good way to get on the course without too much traffic driving my way over there. So, yeah, that, that's been my, my way. So excited. In, but so excited that I'd I love to go back and meet with somebody. Oh, my gosh. But, like, you know, you know, you're wearing that, that singlet. You, you know, you're out there really raising awareness. And then, I mean, I wear my, I've raced so many other races in that singlet and you're out there, your people see you. They, they know that you're stand, you stand for something. And, you know, like Brian and I work a lot with like, you know, chronic diseases, things like that. And I tell people all the time, listen, you want to raise awareness, wear your stuff, go out and run for a charity Go out and show people that movement matters and this helps with your health and your longevity and all those fun words you want to throw out there. Um, but I just think mentally to be a part of something bigger is there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Yeah. And um, I will just add because you mentioned, you know, how you got involved too, that um, there are lots of runners who are qualified who and the charities welcome them who um are qualified runners who choose and volunteer to fundraise for an organization. They don't take up a spot that the, the team has to give out, but um, you know, I mean, they're not going to, who would be sad that someone is volunteering to raise an extra $2,000 for their organization or, or, you know, whatever the amount may be. Um, and so, you know, 
that's that's a way for any runner to, at the marathon to get involved. Um, and also, I think, um, uh, as you mentioned, you know, sort of when things get tough to dig down deep and and kind of think about something other than, you know, the the physical or the the personal suffering that you might be going through in the moment um, can help pull you out of some of those tough spots uh, during a race or even during the training. I mean, you know, 12 weeks, 16 weeks of training gets tough. And when you want to like skip a run one cold February morning, um, <laughs> you know, remembering that you're running for a specific person or a group of people or a cause and, you know, can kind of help you out the door. And so I think there is a lot of added value to sort of having that, um, that kind of support behind you, uh, when you're doing something like that. Absolutely. We got it. We have to get into this whole freelance R- real, writing real thing. quick though. I got oh, a question. Go. What's your favorite part of the course? <gasps> Ooh, Boston um, marathon course. That is for the people out there. We just call it the course, right? The course. We're does just it, having a small conversation with Chris. Does, does the end count? <laughs> the <finish> Absolutely. Count? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, that is, it doesn't I, matter that, that, that turn onto Boylston street yep. every year just gets you. I mean, it just is like the noise lights up the, the, emotion that you feel you just kind of that whole like tingle up your spine it, every year it doesn't matter i, I just run like a few times double and, barrel like fist pumps down boylston heck yeah like god i mean the first year i actually um i didn't know that i thought when you turned onto boylston street that was when the final point two miles started and i was like yes i'm here i'm doing it point two miles but it's actually not. And so you run a couple blocks in before you see the sign that says point two to go. Right, and I right. remember feeling so excited at the corner and then so defeated when I saw that <laughs> point two to go. I thought I was already point two to going. Right. Um, but it's still it's still an amazing finish line feeling. Um, so I love that for sure. Um, and the start is equally amazing. I mean, out in Hopkinton, they squeeze you into this little town that, you know, the yep. roads are not meant to accommodate uh, a world major marathon, but um, the people line up and the, um, you know, they're out on their front lawns and um, it's rows of people thick, just trying to watch the runners get off on their start. And that also is just an amazing feeling. And you're, you're starting on a downhill where you're, you're able to see from the back, especially when you're starting with charity runners in, in the back, um, thousands of heads that are uh-huh. just bobbing up and down in front of you. And it's just this sea of runners. And that also is just like one of those moments where you just kind of freeze it in your mind as like, okay, I'm going to come back to this later when things are hurting a little bit and remember like how awesome this really is when, you know, you kind of don't, you know, you feel like you're part of something big at that, at that specific moment. And sometimes when that gets lost, you can come back to it and just remember how, how cool it is to be part of that. That, that, that's always a lasting member to me was, was being in like the best shape of my freaking life. Cause it was my first Boston and I got there and I was in one piece and I was like ready to rip gun goes off and like just how many people were in front of me <laughs> you know like off the bat like you know and i i i, I had a, a good race um 25320 and uh and i had <laughs> i had a good race I, that was my first boston i remember it and you know i was like in probably he's like, a pretty good runner i was probably Christy. like you I'm know just gonna throw that out there and 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 yeah. i had run new york prior and and new york i was you know like i i i ran it but i placed much higher right i think i ran the same time and and I had placed much higher, but you know, just in Boston, everybody's good, everybody's fast. You got you know, cool. I, I, I had a thousand yeah. a thousand people in front of me, you know, two thousand people. It was it was nuts. Um, it's the it's the city where you roll into the first time I ever went for the Boston Marathon weekend, and I was like, I said to my husband, I was like, oh my god, everybody is in such good shape here, <laughs> like because you think like I yeah. hadn't, you know, I'd been in, to Boston a bunch of times, but I'm like, is this what people are like in Boston? Like everyone's in really good shape. Yeah. No, not not when they leave. <laughs> my favorite part of the course is after you come off a heartbreak and you're in like um, uh, Chestnut Hill. Like right, Boston College. You start mm-hmm. to run that downhill, like right there. The first time I, I ran that year, I ran with a, fu- a friend of mine who he was like, "Yeah, I guess I can run with you." He was just like he was like a two forty guy, you know. He was just like kind of had run real fast the year before and was you know had qualified again. So he's like, "Yeah, I guess I can hang back with you for a while." And he ran at Boston College, so he was a, not only a, an alum but like a you know was was a was ran track and field for them. 
and he was doing like the Boston College like eagle thing as we're down yeah. hitting that downhill, and I'm like, I'm like, like I just got goosebumps just telling the story, and I'm like, Joe, like slow down, like slow down, like I looked at my watch, we were running 540, I'm like slow down, slow down, we're mile 21, like we got just enough time left in this race to screw it up, like easy. And, you know, of course, he finished a minute ahead of me because he had a little bit more leg than I did that day. Um, but that is, like, my favorite because you're kind of, like, hills are behind you and, like, the crowds, by that time, they're all good and drunk. Like, everything's, <laughs> like, everybody's happy. Boston College is good. And, and um, you know, I just have that memory of him flashing that, like, BC Eagle little gesture with his hands that I'm doing on the screen right now. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, that, that, if I get there every year, I'm like, we're good. We're going to, we're going to be all right this year. You know, if I get there in good shape, I know that that's going to be all right. All right. Let's, we need to talk about this whole freelance writing thing going on here. Um, because our paths, our paths keep crossing, Chrissy. It is meant to be. So, There is, you've done, all right, so I know that you have been writing, you've been involved with a lot of different organizations, and I know you've been featured in articles as well for running and, you know, so tell our listeners, number one, what have you been featured about in the running world? Ah, what have I been featured about? I don't think I've been featured in much, Christine. What are you thinking of? You have. I, (laughs) because you do a lot of writing that you put out there. I have seen things. So she does the featuring. She's not the feature, right? No, no. I I always, I actually prefer to be the one doing the featuring of someone else, but. um... I've seen over the years, beautiful photo shoots and lots of, you know, recaps of different races and trainings you've done. So it's out there, Chrissy, I'm telling you right now. So I, so I will say, so I kind of got started. um, So I started writing a blog when I was um, fundraising as just a way to um, share what has been going on in my training. It was kind of a a fundraising tool, but also I really enjoyed doing it. Um, And in 2013, uh, boston.com, which is a um, local website here in Boston that shares uh, news, kind of used to be part of the Boston Globe, um, uh, had a contest that was sponsored by Polar, the um, heart rate monitor Polar company. Um, not, not the seltzer? Not the seltzer, okay. exactly. Right. Um, and um, they were looking for people to... Um, write once a week on boston.com about their Boston marathon training while using uh, polar GPS watch and, and heart rate monitor. So um, I submitted an entry for um, this contest and was selected as one of the, I, I think they had six um, writers and I was Wednesday. Um, and so uh, for that um, training season I wrote, I think it was for six or eight weeks um, for boston.com um, about my uh, marathon training and using Polar uh, as uh, the device I was training with and what I, you know, how I took advantage of the features of the the watch and the heart rate monitor, et cetera. Um, from that experience, I got to know the editor there and um, that um, kind of led to an opportunity to continue writing for boston.com where they had this section called community voices and they, he wanted to set up like a community running blog. So I would write about local running clubs and races and, um, running routes that I myself would run on and, and things like that. So that was, that was probably the most personal way that I would write in, in, you know, sort of the, my own voice, I was sharing sort of some of my own experiences, um, so that that may be where I was. Um, and and through that, one of the experiences I had, you mentioned photo shoot, but I did work with this wonderful photographer, uh, Lucy Wicker, now Lucy Wicker Tweeddale, um, who um, did a project in 2014 on Boston Marathon runners. And um, she's super talented. And I got some wonderful photos that now can hang in my house, but that she displayed um, in Boston as part of a um, exhibit that she did she does fitness photography in general um and um this was one of her sort of personal projects that um i was lucky enough to 
get connected and, and benefit from as well. Um, so that's sort of where I guess where m- I may have been featured, but mostly I prefer to um, learn and research about other people. Um, most of my writing has been, uh, I like doing sort of human interest stories. So finding sort of uh, like quirky stories about the Boston Marathon um, and the runners who fall into sort of the, the categories um, around that. So this past year, for example, I wrote about um, people who are running Boston who have uh, consecutive running streaks, Boston Marathon running streaks um, from, and I think the the runner I interviewed with the longest streak has run for, um, I don't want to get it wrong because it is so impressive. Um, I think he's run 40 eight consecutive. Um, but I'd have to go back and double check. It's been a few months since I looked at it. Um, but so impressive to hear, um, the stories he's had over the years and everybody, him and as well as many of the others. And this, the story was kind of about, you know, how there's clearly bumps in the road when you run 10 consecutive, 30 consecutive, 48 consecutive Boston marathons and sort of how they, how they got through those years to kind of keep the streak alive. Um, I wrote about the virtual marathon, uh, you know, in 2020 and, and who was choosing to do that and why and, and how they were going to run it um, when they couldn't run the Boston Marathon or weren't running the Boston Marathon course. How did they kind of, what, what was their marathon going to be like? Um, and, and just stories like that, um, which I think it's really nice to highlight. Um, there's so many people with interesting stories that you wouldn't know about um, unless you took the time to listen to them. Oh, I think that's why we podcast, huh? Yeah, really. Interesting yeah. stories of people that you wouldn't necessarily. Want, unless you get them out there. See, I wasn't stalking her. She has no, a lot of stuff out there. She's I just understand. Being shy about them, you know. You were you were doing that though when I was really just getting into running. So seeing what's what's great is like seeing that, seeing what you were doing was very inspiring to me because I'm like, wow, look at look at what she's accomplishing. Look at what you're involved in, and you know, sometimes we underestimate what we're putting out in the world and who that affects. So I appreciate all of that. Well, thank you. So uh, where does this freelance take you now? I know that uh, you've uh, you've done some interesting stories on people that I know in uh, in runner's world, right? For for instance, right? Maybe, That's true. Maybe a co-host maybe of mine, huh? Somebody special? Right yeah. yeah, so... So um, actually, Christine's story was kind of the perfect blend of both, I think, human interests and sort of the other angle I like to um, use in writing is sort of having a strong research base. So um, if it's not solely human interest, um, I like to kind of be looking into sort of health topics as well. And um, in doing so, I feel like it's pretty important to uh, have a um, research or um, evidence base to what you're talking about. So if you're going to talk about um, an injury or an illness, that there's something to support it other than um, uh, maybe what what a person going through the experience might say, which is very important and valid in its own ways. But um, I kind of like to have that, that balance as well. So um, the story I did about Christine came from our conversations actually in kind of just discussing Boston Marathon streaks and what that might look like. And what I actually thought was an even better fit was maybe to highlight the importance of physical activity um, in chronic disease, specifically around rheumatoid arthritis and um, Runner's World, which is another publication where I've been fortunate to have uh, pieces published in the last year plus, um, thought that was a good idea too. And so we had the opportunity to um, share Christine's story while also um, speaking with, uh, I I definitely spoke with a a physician at Brigham and Women's Hospital here in the Boston area. And I don't remember if it was, if he was the only uh, other interview I did. Uh, and then he had shared and we had, I looked up some of the research too, and kind of talked about, you know, what some of those benefits were and, and things like that, where I think it just, uh, if I'm reading something, I want to know that the information is based on some science and fact. And so I always feel like it's my responsibility to do that when I'm, I'm sharing that, um, in an article that I'm writing as well, but I love having the human interest twist, which was sort of Christine's story and a real life example of, you know, in this case, why physical activity was important and how it kind of helped get through an otherwise challenging situation. It it was really well done. Mm-hmm. And, and, and just like you said, you know, it's just thorough with the information 
backing, you know, not just the story about somebody with rheumatoid arthritis who's running a marathon, which is, you know, amazing in itself, and not just a marathon, all the marathons, like every single one of them that she does, and Ironman, and all and on and on and on. Uh, I'm a big fan, Conti. I'm a big fan. Um, I pay him. He, he, he walks behind no, me but and he, is like, bah, 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 bah. I'm just kidding. She she won <laughs> she won me in a card game a few years back on the Charles River. Right. Uh, but um, what, what I always look at is like the places that I could share this article, right? I shared it with friends and family. We shared it on the podcast because that's what we were doing. We were, you know, bragging about Christine and posting things like that. But we also shared it right. with some, you know, uh, you know, some pretty – uh, you know, some different health, uh, you know, spots that we post things on all the time, you know, or, or, you know, the medical fitness world needed to read about this article. So it was, you know, it was just relevant for so many different, uh, crowds and parties and, and, and different areas that we could share it with. So, yeah, I mean, that's a sign of a great, uh, you know, a great article is something that can be shared in just not one, but, but many places with other, with people with different needs and, you know, takeaways from it. I remember Brian was like, oh my gosh, this article was so well written. That's I remember you saying that, and I'm like, it, it see, was. I'm like, what do you think? I surround myself with people who are not intelligent, like human beings. This she, is- she took all the credit for you. <laughs> not did not. No, it was you were the the reason for the story. So that was definitely um, you know the motivation for even having that idea was hearing your story in the first place. So um, you can take credit for it. Well, I appreciate the. Uh, well, I would say it's important. You know, had I not kind of reached down and been like hey you know like this would this this could be cool who the heck knows for other people out there who don't speak up or don't say what what they're going through you like again you never know who you're gonna reach who you're going to touch and I think that is really important so I'm super grateful you're able to to do that I mean with the Alzheimer's Association with that article coming out I mean that's you know what what are we here for I'm you know I left like this is third career. It's about, you know, preventing chronic illnesses and diseases and not just fighting it, but preventing it. And we do that a lot with education. So that was, that was important. And, and, and exercise, like I, exercise is the, you know, the biggest component of all of this, you know, it's, it's, it's not some voodoo. <laughs> it's like, we can get out there and move and actually feel better and help our situations and, and help it grow. Um, just by with movement and it doesn't have to be running. It can be many things, right? We know that we have the education in the back there and, and it's, it's like fairly well accepted that exercise is medicine, but also at the same rate, it's not really utilized in a way that is, you know, in line with that acceptance, um, both scientifically and just like by, you know, general perception and just like the eye test, you know, or the smell test, like does exercise help this person with their whatever. Yeah, like it will. And, you know, we don't always kind of get that far because we get snuffed out by, you know, medicine and things like that. I mean, I think that's a whole huge conversation that, um, but I think, you know, there's a whole perception around exercise. I think people who, you know, think what is exercise and, and as you were saying earlier, Christine, you know, um, whether it's, you know, tackle a marathon, but even tackle exercise, what is that? And can I, I can't do that because I don't, I don't, you know, have that same idea around competitive sports or a certain level of fitness. And really, you know, if you, if you break it down to, um, being active, uh, so many more people I think could and would participate in some activities without sort of the barriers of, uh, thinking that they can't be part of something because they're not meeting a level or a bar that, um, in their mind is, is what qualifies as, exercise. Um, I think, you know, uh, whether it's being used to competitive sports or qualifying times or not calling yourself a runner because you've never, you know, qualified for Boston, or I think there are a lot of limitations that people put on themselves that almost get in the way of being able to succeed and, and help themselves with, um, something as, as easy as, you know, going for a walk or, um, kind of being active enough that, um, it has lots of health benefits. She said the walk thing. You got excited. Brian's all about walking. I'm a it's big like, fan. Just walk. Right? Just walk. Imagine that. And then you can walk around. And then you can run if you want. 
You don't ever uh, have yeah. to put the pins in, you know, the, the the number on. You don't have to do any of that stuff. You could just got you just got to kind of take care of yourself a little bit. Chrissy, um, tell with you. tell us what. So what what are you doing now? What are you working on? What's kind of and, what's and, the future coming? And up? what other publications are you in yes. besides Runner's World and some other things? Um. So uh, up till this point, I've written um, in Runner's World, uh, Women's Running, and the Boston Globe. Um, and uh, so one of the reasons I um, started this path of freelance writing, you know, Christine, like you, I left my my career. I have a background in public health, and I worked in um, most recently public health research for um, probably the last ten years of of that career, and. Um, while I thought the work that we were doing was, uh, very important, it was also, uh, stretching me a little bit thinner than I could hold on to at the time. And so, um, writing was something that I wanted to give a shot. And, um, so I was, uh, I'm fortunate enough that in our family, we could make it work out so that I can have this opportunity to sort of experiment with writing and, and kind of get my feet on the ground a little bit in an area that's relatively new for me, um, at least in, in a full-time capacity. And um, uh, one of the benefits of that was that it also allows a lot more flexibility. And so for the last um, few months this summer, things have been a little bit slow because um, we've been enjoying summertime and uh, enjoying kind of having my son at home and um, not having to, uh, you know, be crazy organized with what camp is what week and and where are we going and and what are we doing with him and and things like that so it's been really fun to kind of have that uh a little bit of flexibility and freedom to um play this summer for lack of other words and um and now that the school year is getting started i have a couple of um pitches i'm organizing and some ideas for stories that um i want to kind of get together i've been doing a little bit of research and in some of the time that's been around and um talking to a couple of folks to kind of get some story ideas lined up. Um, uh, one of my favorite pieces that I wrote last, I guess it was last year, um, was for women's running. And I wrote it about um, uh, women who um, are breastfeeding and also training and running endurance events like marathons or half, uh, one of the women I interviewed ran a high, half Ironman. Um, and I just thought that was so interesting. Um, I am very interested in um, uh, the area of sort of women's health and postpartum health. And um, and to me, that was like a story where like people who are in that boat have talked about that and like shared their stories of like, oh, well, you know, what did you do? Did were, were you allowed to bring your pump to the starting line? Or, you know, how did you how did you kind of, you know, organize your race in, uh, you know, logistically with the circumstances you were under knowing that like, probably only a handful of women at that race were probably showing up in the same situation. Um, but a lot of women might be showing up to those races in situations like that. And I wanted to share that story um, and others like that, that um, uh, maybe aren't talked about as widely in um, uh, the media, but runners are experiencing and, and might be interesting to kind of share. So I hope in the future to be doing a little bit more around women's health and um specific to running and fitness and things like that. Um, but also, um, I'm open to sort of whatever other ideas, uh, come at me and strike me as interesting or stories that I find, um, interesting that I, you know, I'm hearing about maybe for the first time, um, are certainly, uh, always exciting too. We know a lot of people and a lot of interesting I got stuff ideas. to, 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 You'll never run out of ideas if you ever put up the bat signal. We are yeah. there for you. I'm pitching ideas, There's fit Christine. crazies all over the world that... Go get the picture. You know. Get that picture what of me picture? carrying that guy over the finish line in Boston. It's oh. right over there. Oh, I you did. see this? I did. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Christine. Go ahead, really get excited it. about this. It's right... Is it still right next to the picture with us with Rob Gronkowski? Yeah, it's right next to us and Gronk. Huh. I... Uh, I, I Carried a dude over the finish line at the Boston Marathon, and actually was picked up by Boston.com as like one of the top ten pictures must see. Of, uh, oh, there you are! Oh, and uh, I remember that. You remember that? It was when I yeah. ran right past the guy crawling in his uh, camo. 
I'm like, uh, I hope no one takes a picture Christine, of me yeah, hang on. running past this guy crawling, it's, whereas Brian's over here carrying this dude to the finish line. I'm like, oh, my God. It's pretty much like the story of Christine and I, right? Our personalities. Christine's hurdled uh, the guy who was crawling. I did not. Oh, I yeah, didn't, yeah, he yeah, didn't yeah, want yeah. help. He didn't I want know, help. I know, I know. This is – and then – Come on, we had to show you this one. Did you ever see this? Oh, sorry, Brian. That's sorry. The There's green screen's kind of getting in the way. Uh, uh, all right, maybe. As uh, Rob Gronkowski, we'll send it. To oh, you. I can see. Sorry, there was a little glare on the screen. Yeah. Now I can see him. Yeah. We want a game show. Gronk I mean, was no the host. Deal. No big I mean, deal. No big deal. I remember. <laughs> yes. Is that New Year's Eve? Yes. yes. Yep. Yes. Oh, yeah. good Lord. Yeah. Right after I ran the 40-40 for, for right. my birthday. We'd like to, you know, 40, that was 40 miles around my block, which was a 0.5 and it had hills for, but it was to get people moving and for charity. And cause we, we do money. A, yeah. We do a scholarship every year. Um, but that's the stuff that's like, that's the good stuff in this world that, you know, it's great that you are able to bring just stories out there and that's you know and that's well, our hope as well to do with our podcast and and whatnot so we we had bart yasso awesome. on the podcast one time and, and his whole message is oh my gosh he was, was, oh, was so good <laughs> um it was was don't ever don't ever underestimate just how far running can take you and it was yeah. like literally figuratively and, mm-hmm. and everything else about it so uh you know by foot you know distance wise and 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 all of it just don't ever underestimate how far running can take you and you know, you're you're certainly a testament to that because uh, it has taken you uh, uh, at least onto the show, and and I, we like to think a little bit further than that in your real life and freelance and free freelance being able to free you up for the summer. That's a beautiful thing. I'm a little jelly there. Oh my goodness, love it! All right, so are you going to be running Boston next year? That's the big question. Um, uh oh. I'd say most likely not. It would be very surprising if I found myself doing that. So I, I'm just coming off of a string of injuries. I've been running consistently for three months. I'm so happy with that accomplishment. Awesome. And I'm just trying to enjoy that right now um, and uh, start to remember what it feels like to have sort of running as a regular part of my routines again. Um, once, I don't know what point it will be at where I feel like, I'm confident enough to even think about a race, but I'm afraid if I sign up for something too soon, I'll, I'll push it and and ruin what's right now been a a pretty good thing. But um, yeah, I think I, I wouldn't say Boston next year for sure. Um, I, I would like to say there's maybe like a half marathon next year sometime. And and that would be um, I think a good, a good place for me to say I have a goal, but um, it's nice to say that that's even possible after like walk running for the last two and a half years. Well, you're okay. always welcome down to the Jersey Shore. Say, we have so uh, many good half marathons around here. So, and there, you always have a place to stay at the at the Conti House with the whole family. So, we we'd love to have you at any time. And there's many places, many people we know that that run. Some sometimes that sounds fun. Maybe we should set something up here. Here. Oh my goodness! I like it. Awesome. Well, you are fantastic, and I'm so happy that our paths have crossed multiple times. And I'm sure that we will we will stay in touch. Yeah. And um, please love to uh, love to your mom and your dad. And we didn't give a shout out to your sister Stephanie, who I played with as well. Yeah. Um, Chrissy was a pretty amazing athlete. Where Where did you play in college? Uh, so I played at Johns Hopkins. You did. All right. Where I just dropped yeah. Alex off. In his dorm rooms, our where when we girls, went to visit you, and now they've air conditioning. Our girl's <laughs> wicked smart here. Oh yeah, she's yeah, very smart. All right. I didn't tell you that. No. How do oh, yeah. I? No, I just. I, she told me that. She didn't. You didn't have to tell me that. She did. I read the article, Christine. I knew our girl's wicked smart. Ah, oh, jeez. Um, how did? Uh, how, how do we get? Uh, how do we find you? Do you have social media handles or things like that that you promote yourself as a freelance? Or you know, what are what are some ways if someone listening to this wants to either read or get in touch with you or have you write for them? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sure. I um. Uh, am on Twitter. Um, probably is the easiest way to get in touch. Uh, I should check. I think I am, uh, underscore Chrissy Haran at Twitter. Um, and then 
I always get confused because I think on Instagram, I'm Chrissy Haran underscore. So it's one way or the other on one channel or the other. We'll but, get that. Um, I'll put it in the show we'll notes. We'll get it sorted Twitter. out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Um, and if you want to read anything I wrote, it, um, I have a website, ChrissyHaran.com, and you can see all of um, the articles I've written, including Christine's um, that are posted up there. In it, one it is really good. I'm not just saying it. Because I have the two of you here, but it is—it's really good. It's really good. I, I enjoyed it. First words out of my mouth, right, Christine? Yeah. It was so good. I was like, "This is so well written." <laughs> I mean, you know. Oh my gosh, Chrissy! Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to hang out with the two fit crazies, and I hope oh, you enjoy pleasure. the rest of the summer and the family. And uh, please stay in touch. Will do. Thank you guys so much. Oh, our pleasure. Of course. And with that said, it is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazy. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.